First reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter. The same night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. The word of the Lord. Uh, Let's please read responsively from Psalm 121, which is found on page 5 of your bulletin. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The Lord will not let your foot be moved, nor will the one who watches over you fall asleep. Behold, the keeper of Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve you from all evil and will keep your life. The Lord will watch over your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. Our second reading comes from the book of 2 Timothy, uh, beginning in the third chapter. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, And how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. The word of the Lord. Please stand as you're able for the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. 
Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, help us to lift up our eyes to the hills, knowing that from you our help comes. Neither slumber nor sleep over us. Watch over us all the days of our life. Preserve us from all evil and keep our lives secured tightly in your loving arms. Watch over our going out and our coming in from this time forth for evermore. Be with us at this time as we lift ourselves to you and receive the gift of your spirit and your word poured out for us and for all people. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray always and do not lose heart. It's good advice. Makes for a great uh, favorite Bible verse or wall art. It, it, It mirrors very closely what Paul had to say in another one of his letters. Pray without ceasing. But I think most of us know that there are times when it's it's easier said than done. We pray for healing in the face of addiction and disease. We pray for peace in the shadow of violence and war. We pray for justice in the face of rising poverty and increased division and the suffering of neighbors longing for their freedom. We pray for safe passage in our travels, for fair weather, for our crops. We pray to offer thanks for our food and for the sunshine and the blessings of life. We pray always at times in the darkest, bleakest, most stressful moments of our lives. In those moments, we we wrestle with God and demand that we receive a blessing. We fight for justice, we yearn for a better life, and in our prayer, sometimes wonder why God hasn't answered them. We limp along, convinced that in some way God is present, that tomorrow will be better than today, all the while knowing that tomorrow doesn't always help today. And still we pray. Always we pray, realizing the constant need for God's kingdom to break into this world, knowing that it can be all too easy sometimes to lose heart. We pray for healing, but experience death. We pray for peace, but experience turmoil. We, we pray for justice, but lament how others are caught in systems where their safety or their livelihood or their dignity are at risk. 
we pray, and sometimes accidents or drought or flood tear apart our lives or plague our neighbors with grief. And still we pray. At times, our relationship with prayer can cause us to feel like we've been stuck in a wrestling match all night. Sweaty, exhausted, sore, and unable to see the way out. Desperate for any sign of relief, but unwilling to give up after we've been in it this long. We twist and turn and wrangle ourselves around every which way we can to ask God for a blessing. Some sign that we've been heard, that that, that our struggle, however real, is not in vain. But the struggle persists. And still we pray. There's a good deal of, of fighting in our text this week. Jacob wrestles with a man throughout the entire night and eventually walks away limping because of a dislocated hip. I can empathize. In the parable of the widow and this unjust judge, the word of the judge that he used to describe this widow as a bother is the same word used to describe receiving a black eye in a fight. The judge basically says, because I'm being pummeled to death by this widow, I'll listen to her case. I'm sure in life that we can all feel like like Jacob or this widow persistently advocating for for a blessing, for justice to be brought against the unjust. But it's important for us to remember that this parable from Jesus works in a different way than many of his others. Jesus normally tells these stories in a way that describes God or God's kingdom in a positive way, but this parable of a persistent widow and an unjust judge is, is meant to highlight how God does not work. Particularly, God does not ignore the persistent prayers of his people. God does not overlook the needs of our lives, which cause us to cry out for mercy and justice and peace. God does not need to be badgered or pestered or pummeled into listening to us. And when God does respond, God does so willingly. God never tires of us each time we cry out in worship in prayer, or in need. We don't have to pester God to hear our prayers. We don't have to pester God that he would offer healing and wholeness to our broken world. We trust that God offers us the promise of Jesus' resurrection freely. Yet even still, Jesus points us to mirror the actions of this widow, whose persistence points to the God who we trust will lower every mountain and raise every valley. And still we pray. Part of the beauty of prayer is is that it not only is an opportunity to express our deepest longings for peace or wholeness or the fullness of life, but when we pray, we lay ourselves at the feet of the one whom we trust will answer our prayer. To pray isn't just to say a few words out of ritual. It's it's to center ourselves and enter into an intimate relationship with God. Trusting that what is shared in our prayer is sacred, is valued, and is heard by God. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, as John the Baptist had taught his disciples... Jesus gave them the words which we know 
as the Lord's Prayer, providing us all with the words we need when our bodies ache, we're limping along in life, and the words just won't come. Here in this, in this parable and in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus insists, though, that the words don't matter. We have no clue what injustice this widow cries out against. We have no clue what was ailing her in life. But what matters is the relationship. That we turn to the one who has promised to hear and answer our prayer persistently and faithfully. That's why Jesus asks, you know, when he returns, will the Son of Man find faith on earth? When Jesus returns, will he find people who trust that God does bring justice and offers it freely and willingly as a gift of love? Will there be any faithful left who have persisted in prayer and worked tirelessly to offer God's mercy, God's wholeness, and God's peace to those who cry out night and day for justice? Pray always and do not lose heart. You know, I think we would want... To answer yes, yes, we will be found faithful. We will persist, and, and despite what the day brings, we will not lose heart. Which means that we will be bold in inviting others to join us in our prayer and in our labor. This world that, that longs to be freed from cycles of addiction and abuse and hopelessness needs to know needs to know and experience these promises from God. And the best way that we know for that to happen is for us to show them how God has answered our prayers by inviting them into a community of faith that continues to be formed and shaped by the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Prayer is God's invitation for us to lay ourselves bare and to offer our praise and thanks for everything that God has done for us. Prayer invites us to draw closer to God and to, and to focus ourselves on God's desire for our lives. And that invitation, that invitation into a deeper relationship with God works through us to draw others into our struggle, our shared struggle for joy for life, for peace, for justice, that together we might experience the fullness of God's blessing in Jesus. And still we pray. But it's not enough that we pray. God calls us to make disciples who learn the power of prayer, the discipline of prayer, that we help others lift their eyes to the hills and know where their help comes from. We're called to make disciples who join us in enduring the suffering that this world brings against us so that together we might know comfort, we might know peace, and we might persistently offer God's healing, God's wholeness, and God's mercy to a broken and suffering world. And still we pray. Extend that invitation. Pray always and do not lose heart. Jesus never promised that the world would be easy, but, but he does promise that God hears and answers our prayer. 
that we are not alone. And because of that, we have the responsibility to let others know that they aren't alone either. We may limp for a while, but God's blessing is assured. Each time, every time, all the time. And still we pray. Amen.